Hi, this is Dr. Whiting again, and today I want to take out a few minutes of your time to talk to you about the most epidemic disease in America. In fact, in all industrialized nations around the world. You might think it's heart disease. It's not. You might think it's cancer. It's not. The most rapidly rising, the most epidemic, widespread disease today is type 2 diabetes. Now, before we talk about that, I want to clear up the fact that there, for general purposes there are two types of diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is what we call genetic. That means that it's pancreatic failure. Uh, if you are a type 1 diabetic, you have to take insulin. You are totally insulin dependent all of your life. Fortunately, because that uh, disorder is much more difficult to address, uh, it accounts only for 10% or less of all diabetics worldwide. The other 90 to 95% of diabetics are what we call type 2 non-insulin dependent diabetics. And this is where the epidemic lies. In, uh, in olden days, well not so old really, 30 years ago, uh, we used to call this disorder non-insulin dependent adult onset diabetes. We can no longer do that. Heck, when I was in uh, uh, first graduating out of, out of university and first started seeing uh, patients and clients uh, some 30 years ago, we never saw a type 2 diabetic patient under the age of 45 or 50. I mean, it was rare. Today, you might be surprised to note that the single greatest age group where this epidemic is rising the fastest are between the ages of 15 and 25. That means that each succeeding generation of ours is developing or potentially can develop type 2 diabetes at a younger and younger age. How is this so? Well, because of the, the abuses that we're doing to ourselves, we're damaging our pancreatic cells that produce a hormone called insulin. And as we do that, we alter our genetics and we pass those on to our offspring. Combine that with the fact that the standard American diet uh, which we often abbreviate as SAD or the SAD diet, contains a whopping 65 to 75 percent sugar-forming foods. And each one of those foods, when digested, will form blood sugar, which is called glucose. And in the presence of glucose, the body produces a hormone called insulin from the pancreas. And that insulin's function is to remove excess blood glucose. And guess where it goes? Well, it goes two places. The first place it goes is in your muscle tissue, and it's stored as a chemical called glycogen. That's stored sugar or stored energy. But the body has a very limited amount of storage space. It can store glycogen in the muscles, it can store glycogen to a lesser extent in the liver. Once those storehouses are full, which happens very, very quickly, then the body converts that glycogen into a substance called triglyceride. Triglycerides are then stored in the fat cells of your body. An individual who is highly susceptible to developing type 2 diabetes will be someone who has been overweight all their life. Someone who tends to be puffy, have very flabby adipus or fat tissue because it's full of fluid. Because you see, one of the side effects of converting glucose to glycogen to triglycerides is the addition of water molecules. So this produces a type of fat that is very fluid, very loose, uh, very, very spacious. So the person gains a lot of weight, uh, takes up a lot of girth relatively quickly. Another sign of a potentially diabetic individual is someone who gains weight basically from head to toe. Uh, they have a fat chin, they have fat arms, hands, fingers, uh, ankles, 
not just around the midsection. This is another classic example of what we call a, an obese person that's probably pre-diabetic. Now, we have been able to identify several factors that come along with diabetes. It's now called uh, medically syndrome X uh, or insulin resistance disorder. And uh, we develop insulin resistance because the body produces too much insulin. And this produces a whole host of side effects. It produces obesity. It produces elevated cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, potential kidney problems, vision problems, um, nerve problems uh, in the way of developing uh, potentially neuropathy, uh, such as diabetic neuropathy and so forth. We have to understand that almost each and every one of these so-called side effects or, or adjunct problems is really uh, uh, indirectly being driven by the production of excess insulin. When we can control insulin levels or insulin production levels in the human body, we then have a very excellent chance of normalizing all of these other factors. The weight goes down, the blood sugar goes down, the blood pressure goes down, cholesterol levels go down because these things are being irritated and indirectly driven by excess insulin production. Now, what is sad about type 2 diabetes and one of the reasons why people don't seem to recover from it is that in my opinion mainstream medicine and most dietitians tend to treat diabetes incorrectly. If you look at the standard diabetic diet as produced by the American Diabetes Association, for example, it is extremely high in carbohydrates or sugar-forming foods. In fact, the average diabetes diet is about 65% sugar-forming foods. And when you're giving a type 2 diabetic that level of carbohydrates, their body is producing so much insulin to deal with that, there is no way that we can normalize that person's biochemistry. So the very first thing that we need to do with type 2 diabetics is slowly lower their insulin levels. Now you can't do that rapidly, especially if you're taking medication or even more so if you're now using insulin by injection. We have to lower the carbohydrate level uh, slowly over a period of six to eight weeks. We have an excellent diet program available, uh, which we have used on thousands of type 2 diabetics with great success. I'll tell you how you can get a copy of that in just a minute. Now, after we begin to lower the overall carbohydrate intake, we then want to add certain specific nutrients that have been shown to be extremely helpful in this normalizing process. That includes chromium, vanadium, aspartic acid, alpha-lipoic acid, and so forth. And we use these in a very unique combination. And when we put this combination together correctly, that formula accomplishes two extremely important things. Number one, it lowers your insulin level. Number two, it increases the insulin receptor site function of your insulin receptor cells. So this means that it takes less insulin to mobilize or move glucose out of the bloodstream. The less insulin your body has to produce, the lower your blood sugar will go. I never worry about a diabetic's blood sugar within reason because I know that as soon as I can lower insulin levels, I will improve insulin receptor site function and the blood sugar will drop by itself. Now if you talk to most mainstream medical doctors, they will tell you that diabetes cannot be reversed. They will tell you it can only be managed. I tend to disagree with that for a variety of reasons. First of all, the majority of people in my family have, in years past, 
died from the complications of diabetes. This is what drove me personally, uh, almost as a quest or a challenge, to find a better answer. Because I watched them go on these diabetes diets. I watched them inject insulin into a body that already produced way too much insulin. And then I watched them slowly die from complications of this process. Today we have a program, uh, thankfully, that is so much more effective for most diabetics. In fact, uh, we have our files at our research institutes uh, around the world. We have literally thousands of clients who were diabetics who are no longer technically diabetics. They have normal blood sugar levels, normal insulin levels, and their weight is normalized. And as long as they follow our program, they can remain in this state of normal biochemistry and health and well-being.